0: for a second, though. I thought I didn't have to do these anymore. At the end of the last series, it was revealed that I was an imaginary character (laughs) and this show was just a marketing exercise to advertise Ben Goldacre's all-year-round Christmas cake and the show was going to be presented by Lembit Opic from now on.
1: No, no, didn't you know? It turned out that was just a dream.
0: Oh. So I'm not imaginary?
1: No, it was just a dream.
0: A dream. A beautiful dream. I wish I was dead. (laughs) Shoe you God, what did I do to offend thee? (laughs) Oh, yeah, it was that whole Christ on the bike thing. Yeah, sorry, fair enough. Anyway, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre for the first episode in the third series of the half assed internet stand-up and sketch show that all the dead plankers are calling A.I. Ottoma! (laughs) And if you haven't heard the show before, then this really isn't the place to start. (laughs) Go back and listen to all the other episodes first, you massive cockhole. Uh, We'll wait for you, it's all right, we'll wait until you've... We'll just wait here till you've listened to the other 22 episodes. We'll... No, actually, we'll, we'll carry on, and then you listen to this one. The exciting news is that we are now all officially award winners. That's right, finally. After nearly a quarter of a century in the business, I've won my first award. Here it is, there it is, oh yes. It's real. It is the Chortle Award for the best internet comedy. Against all odds, we built, we beat Alan Partridge in the online vote and took the prize back in February. Unfortunately, I was on holiday at the time, so I was unable to pick up the award personally, which was a shame because I had my speech all worked out.
2: And the award for best internet comedy goes to... Well, that's a surprise. As it occurs to me. Yeah.
0: Face justice. Fuck you all. Have fucking vindicated. Proof that I'm the fucking best at comedy in the cocksucking world. I am the champion. It's my friend. I don't need your fucking approval, you thunder cunt comedy industry wankers. And now I've got it anyway. Sure this award proves that I am best than Alan Partridge, eat my goal! Some of you might say that Steve Coogan probably doesn't care about this award, what, with all the awards he has already and his Hollywood career and money and some of you might argue that Steve Coogan probably wasn't so desperate for recognition that he badgered his fans to repeatedly vote for him on the online poll, but to those people I would say this Oh, fuck off. Why are, you, fuck, why are you trying to ruin this for me, <laughs> fuckers? i finally won something. Stick it up your ass. This is for all the people who've doubted me and crossed me in my life. Maria Barnes, remember how I asked you out when we were 13 and you, you looked a bit embarrassed and said no? Bet you wish you'd said yes now, and no, I've got a Chortle Award, yeah. To Steve Cheek, you got to be non-sporting house captain by cynically using your popularity and my unpopularity to win the vote by 212 to 4. Have you got a would No, you haven't. Suck my cock. Suck my cock, Steve Cheek. Please, suck it. <laughs> to Hilary Kay from the Antiques Roadshow who beat me... By one point in Celebrity Mastermind, just because she cheated and chose her own job as a specialist subject, and because I got junk food and fast food mixed up, it's the same thing. Oh, you're enjoying your shitty Mastermind trophy. I don't even want it anyway. I I never wanted it. I've got a Chortle Award now. To all the people who said the motorcycle clothing shop sketch was... Too long and not at all funny. Well, how come I've got a Chortle Award if that's the case? And if you think that Stuart Lee's better than me and more successful than me and obviously the brains of Lee and Herring, well, does Stuart Lee have a Chortle Award? Oh, uh, yes. Yes. Uh, he has several. Does he have a Chortle Award for Best Internet Stand-Up
2: Comedy Show? Oh, no. He has them for his TV show and his stand-up shows and for
0: Lifetime Achievement. no, no wait, 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 wait. Yes or no? Does he have one for best internet comedy? Yes or no? What? No, but. No, but, no, no, he doesn't. Oh, God, seriously, I can't, I can't believe I finally won something. So, I, it's so amazing that you all love me. I, that's, all I, I just, that's all I want. I just want my love. Can you feel the love in this? That's all I just wanted vindication. Just, sorry, I flew off the handle a bit there with the shams. This is the best day of my life. I'm, I'm so alone. Oh.
1: Yeah, maybe it's good you couldn't get to the same really.
0: Yeah, maybe it's Emma. It's uh, a new series and a fresh start, mainly because it's been so long since I've done this. I've forgotten all the catchphrases and running jokes. Aside, I haven't forgotten them. I, I merely have contempt for them and the idiots who enjoy them. And I like to sit in my high-backed armchair with a semicircular toilet mat around it and masturbate, thinking about how feckless those people are for cheering when they hear something they've already heard loads of times. They're idiots. Luckily, this show isn't just me going on venting my anger and cursing my own stupidity uh, for carrying on with this in the hope of winning yet another award. Let me win another award. That's all I want. I just wanted two. Just let me do One isn't enough. This isn't a mission I can do alone. I need some Navy SEALs with me who are prepared to shoot an unarmed old man in his pants. <laughs> and no one is more willing to do that than Christian Reine and TV's Emma Kennedy. Hello. Hello. Great to have you back, thank you. Unfortunately, uh, sad news, nazi spawned Dan Tetzel has disappeared off the face of the earth. I don't know where he is. It seems unlikely he's found paid work. Uh, unless there's a TV show somewhere that needs someone who can do a shit impression of King Herod, which... <laughs> given that no-one knows how he sounds, it's quite impressive to get that wrong. Uh, let's just say it's a bit suspicious that Dan suddenly goes to ground on a week where the world is speculating about the identity of the people who've taken out super injunctions. That's... I wonder who the actor was who paid a prostitute £195 to put a dildo up his bum. If, if only I was allowed to say. It was Dan Tetzel, that's who it was. He likes dildos up his bum. I reckon he's also the comedian who was into BDSM. I didn't even know what BDSM was. I thought they taught me to drive, to be honest. I, uh, I wonder why the seat belts were Yeah, stop
1: doing the jokes you did on Have I Got News
0: For You. (laughs) I write so few jokes, I have to get as much use out of them as possible.
1: Yeah, it is possible that Dan Tetzel has another job. Not. And how can you criticise someone for having a dildo up their arse when you regularly force young women to put champagne bottles up yours?
0: That happened once, and I didn't want that. So that's the difference. It was forced on me. I didn't like it because I am normal. I put things up other people's asses, not the other way around. I'm normal. Dan Tetzel loves having dildo shoved up his ass, and if he doesn't, let him deny it. Oh, look, no denial forthcoming. <laughs>
1: I don't see how what people do in their private lives is anyone's business.
0: Emma Kennedy, Dan Tetzel appeared voicing a puppet on a BBC Three show that probably is watched by up to 50,000 people and has thus abnegated his right to have any privacy whatsoever. My tactic to keep my personal life to myself is just to tell everyone all about it in massive detail. Uh, People are fascinated about the secrets of your sex life unless you decide just to tell them about it in detail yourself, in which case they are disgusted and tell you to shut up. So that's, that's the trick.
3: Oh, sorry, Rich, I forgot. A couple of weeks ago, Dan gave me this note to
0: give you. Oh, let's let's have a look. Oh, hi, Rich, Dan here. Oh, that's great. Just wanted to let you know that thanks to AI Ottima, let's put AI Ottima again, I've landed some proper work. Some guys have asked me if I could come over and do my legendary Osama bin Laden impression for them. The exciting thing is they live in a mansion in Pakistan. (laughs) A place called Abbottabad. Don't worry, no one's ever heard of it. Um, Anyway, I should be back in good time for the new series. Just wanted to thank you for the opportunity to work with you. Who knows what kind of TV exposure this could lead to. See you soon. I'll bring the Haribo. Aside, I won't. uh, (laughs) 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 Ha (laughs) ha, only kidding. I will bring the Haribo. Uh, Love, Dan. Oh, it's a shame, isn't it? He's, he's dead, Dan. He's got killed, didn't he? That's what happened. with they've the got a mistake. It's a sad moment, isn't it? It's a sad moment for the goodbye, England's rose. <laughs> Seems to me you lived you lived your life with a candle up your ass. What? what? <laughs> what will we do without Dan I mean who will bring the Haribo that's the problem I guess. see don't be too sad everyone because we have an awesome replacement this week the star of the Phineas Fogg crisp adverts from the 1990s Ben Moore that's what (laughs) you recognise there he is Ben Moore (laughs) Ben Moore there he is hello thanks for coming Ben Um, are you a fan of AI Ottoma of what sorry (laughs) of this podcast has it occurs to me
2: no I've never heard it or heard of it right he won a Chortle Award, you know. Well, I don't know what that is.
0: <laughs> but well done to you, chum. Could have got someone who liked the show knew and knew the show. It's shows. awkward. It's it is awkward. a bit awkward. Anyway, this is quite an historic moment in comedy terms, so a lot of comedy fans, I think, are looking a bit excited because you'll have noticed uh, Ben and Emma back on stage together a reunion of 50% of the cast of the 1997 or late-night science-fiction-based sketch show, Planet Mirth. <laughs> who, who remembers that? No? and it's no no one remembers it at all the Planet, Planet Murph. it was a show that was so brilliant they had to put it out at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> to give the other programmes a chance that was a, do you have any memories of Planet Mirth the, the, fan, the comedy fans out yeah, there I do, I do, like the,
1: the, the total budget total budget for each episode was £15,000 which is absolutely nothing and there was one day I remember where the producer came up to me and handed me a child's werewolf kit <laughs> and told me to make up Ben because they couldn't afford to pay the makeup, lady. <laughs> and you just looked like a tramp.
0: I mean, it was <laughs> just awful anything you remember Ben and planet Merth there's a lot of they don't, they don't cover it on many of those uh, shows looking back at comedy it's, it doesn't
2: even make it to the bottom of the worst of this that's the <laughs> trouble um, I remember Emma trying to get on a bus in Crouch End with the third arm coming out of her front asking oh, yeah. the... it was
1: made out of a pair of tights <laughs> yeah had three arms sounds
0: brilliant I hope they bring it out on DVD <laughs> you should release it yourself that's what we're doing fist of fun you might literally sell uh, 10 to 15 copies of your one. anyway it's also uh, it's also quite interesting so we have three-fifths now of the 1988 Oxford Review Waving at the Pigeons uh, show on stage here. Me, Emma and Ben, uh, that's where we first met. A sketch show of which Alan Corran, I believe, wrote in Punch magazine.
2: The material was bland, bordering on tedium. Even the more slapstick ideas failed to raise a laugh from my far less cynical 13-year-old son. The performers with the possible exception of Ben Moore, who just
0: looks funny. <laughs> Inadequate. Yes, well, just 23 short years later, Alan Corran looks pretty silly, doesn't he, now? Because... What's become of those supposedly inadequate performers? We have our own internet stand-up and sketch show, which we're performing to a half-full theatre on a Monday night. We're earning £85, £11 each a week. That's per week, not over the whole series. Per week. Fuck you, Alan Curran. I've got a Chortle Award. And in 1988, your son Giles was, by my reckoning, 18 or 19. Don't you even know the age of your own son? Can we trust a man's reviews? That show was a brilliant show, wasn't it? Alan Conn was incorrect.
1: Well, if, well if, yeah. if, if the word brilliant has been rebranded to mean rubbish... Then that yes. is unfair.
0: <laughs> yes, it was. It was brilliant. the way it's... The fa- seminal Waving at the Pigeons, 1988 Oxford Review. It was certainly, it it was certainly seminal. yeah. Do you remember when... Um, oh, we all had to share a room, I remember... <laughs> We did get into quite a lot of trouble. We got, got we got uh, nasty things happened to us quite a lot. It was just at a point where stand-up was coming into the the, the emerging as the main form of comedy, and not and student review was being. Hillary, basically, and do you remember when mad actor Keith Allen, my sworn enemy, uh, came to review the show, he was pissed, he moved A-boo! some crash mats,
3: and he moved some crash
0: mats from the stage, which you, Ben, would you had to potentially risk your life just to jump off there without the crash mats, and he left after one sketch, punched the theatre manager, and reviewed the show he hadn't seen, by saying the Oxford Review, as you'd expect, shit. I hate Keith Allen, he brings all the Keiths in the world into disrepute. He's uh, sabotaged a sketch show put on by, essentially, some children. That is what he's done. Are you proud of yourself, Keith Allen? You should be. Uh, Though he's back in the news this week, fun enough, because he's claiming there's been a cover-up of the facts about the death of Princess Diana in a film he's making, financed by Mohammed Al-Fayed. So that probably could be quite impartial and balanced.
1: Yet you mainly hate Keith Allen because he went out with Julius
0: Zawala before you did. No, that just made me hate him more than I did already. What? I don't know, he goes out with loads of the What do these yes. women see in, in well, Keith Allen? Well, I, I think the bigger question
1: is,
3: is what do women see in you? That is true. As it occurs to me As you
0: has changed, as you will see. Anyway, fellas, uh, what's, occurred, what's been going on with you? What's that occurred to you this week, Emma?
1: Ah, oh, well, I thought, you know, first show back, I've got to do a poo anecdote. <laughs> I've got a new one. Um, it's, it's about Brian Blessed.
4: <laughs>
1: and it's absolutely true. So, Brian Blessed's halfway up Everest and he needs a shit. And everyone in the tent says, so look, Brian, you can't do a poo in the tent. What you've got to do is, you have to go out the tent you have to shimmy along the rope, you have to poo into the abyss, and then you shimmy back, and then you come back in the tent. He went, all right then! And so out he went, shimmy along the rope, pooed into the abyss, shimmy back. Everyone in the tent was going, Brian, what, what's that smell? And what had happened was, as he pooed into the abyss, a gust of wind <laughs> had caught his poo and blown it into his hood. (laughs) How much would you give to see that in slow motion?
0: (laughs) That's what's occurred to Emma this week then. So um, how about you, Ben? What's occurred to you? And that can be in either sense of the word, remember? Um, Well, I was eating some alphabetic spaghetti the
2: other day. Oh, yeah? And it occurred to me that when are the Italians going to get their act together and come up with paragraphy lasagna?
0: Good, thank you, Ben. That's, that's how you do it. You do a funny joke that actually happened. Uh, and Chris, Christian, I mean, has anything occurred to you? I'll, I'll give you any time from now to the last series. From the last series to now, I'll give you anything that's occurred to you. Christmas was pretty good. Oh, okay, that's nice. <laughs> These nice silver shoes for Christmas. Oh, they're nice. Yeah, they are nice. People at home's got silver shoes on. Yeah, that's about it. That's it, that's good, silver shoes. (laughs) Anyway, uh, I was on Have I Got News For You this week, as you may have spotted, if you watch TV. I just want to be on the telly, and I was on the telly, so fuck you. Uh, So here's what's occurred to me in a special... uh, Let's do that again. Let's edit that bit out and we'll start again. Uh, So here's what occurred to me in a special, the stuff I said on Have I Got News For You that for some reason didn't make the final edit.
3: As it occurs to
0: me... Mr. Bridget said, "I'm have I got news for you that for some
3: reason didn't make the final heading."
0: Super injunctions. (laughs) The internet and newspapers were buzzing with the news of the super injunctions, though it turned out the claims that there was a super injunction about Jeremy Clarkson having pictures of himself having sex with Jemima Khan were false. Uh, So everyone was allowed to talk about that. Of course they were false. If Jeremy Clarkson had pictures of himself having sex with Jemima Khan, he wouldn't be taking out a super injunction. He'd be on Top Gear, holding those photographs up to the camera, each one for five minutes, going, Look! Look at that! That's me! Inside Jemima Khan! Look look at my old gnarly cock! Look, look at my pubic hair, which looks even more like pubic hair than my own hair. Look at that.
2: Elections.
0: It was the first birthday of the LibCon coalition and the public was delighted that Nick Clegg and his sellout party had been given a bloody nose in the local elections and the AV vote, whilst the real enemy of the Conservatives actually came off scot-free. They won more seats than they got before. You are bloody idiots, the British public. You went for the wrong target here. That's like managing to get into the Top Gear studios with a gun with one bullet and then shooting Richard Hammond. That is, which is worth doing, but it was a waste of the bullet. Nick Clegg had promised the Liberals would be more muscular from now. Because uh, uh, so far, the year has been in government, he's only been using the one muscle in his right forearm. Uh, is, that, is that okay for you, David? A little bit faster, David? Yeah? Are you going to come soon, David? Please come. It's really worked up his muscle there. But well, if you look at um, David Cameron's forearm muscle, especially the left one that'll be on the side towards Nick Leg, it's withered away almost enough. There's nothing there. It's a one way wankathon going on there
1: boy wears
0: skirt. Yep, a 12-year-old uh, Chris Whitehead a schoolboy protested against a policy at his school, uh, which is called Impington College School, which I questioned whether that was in Harry Potter rather than the real world, uh, which forbid boys from wearing shorts at school by exploiting a loophole and wearing a skirt instead. Good to see this coverage got this in the vital this vital issue got in the newspapers and TV news, who didn't seem as keen on covering the hardest hit protest made by 8,000 disabled people in London the next day against government cuts. One boy in a skirt. Apparently it's more newsworthy than 8,000 disabled people. Great to see we've got our priorities right. Uh, Only if I'd thought to say that and have I got news for you in front of an audience of millions of people rather than this podcast to a few hundred, (laughs) I'd feel a lot less pissed off with myself. (laughs) Bin Laden. Conspiracy theorists are already suggesting that Bin Laden wasn't killed last week at all, claiming that the lack of photographic evidence proves it's a hoax, ignoring the fact that if there were any photos, they'd just be claiming they were faked anyway. uh, We all know the reason they haven't been able to show any of the photos. They obviously exist. It's because they don't have a single one that doesn't include a Navy SEAL pointing at Osama's penis and laughing, or pretending to bum him, going, yeah, look, Osama bum Laden, that's what... I don't know why that, for example, didn't get on primetime BBC One TV. I think that was a good joke.
3: As it occurs to me, when I looked at Richard Herring, I noted the following three things. The vulgarity, the blasphemy, and the downright dishonesty of the man the continual reference to sexual things makes it manifest that Richard Herring hasn't got out of
0: negative review uh, comes from the Reverend Kyle Paisley of the Free Presbyterian Church of Broad Alton, who came to protest against my show, Christ on the Bike, in Lowestoft, recently. It surprised me, actually, as I didn't know Christianity had even reached East Anglia yet. So it was... uh... (laughs) but thanks for the quote, uh, for Kyle uh, Paisley, which is going up on my poster for my new Edinburgh show, What Is Love Anyway, at the Cow Barn at 8.50pm throughout the festival. Buy your tickets now at the Underbelly website. Uh, uh, it's a good quote. It's uh, vulgarity, blasphemy, the downright dishonesty of the man. Continual reference to sexual things makes it manifest that Richard Herring hasn't got out of puberty yet and it uh, would take someone in the priesthood and the, to be checking on something like that and knowing the exact moment that happens before rejecting... Shareholders' worth. So I'm not saying Carl Paisley would do that. I was saying just the pre- everyone in the priesthood. <laughs> Kyle is the son of Ian Paisley, and amazingly, he turned out to be an evangelical Protestant as well. It's amazing how sometimes those things stick in families, isn't it? Uh, But he hadn't seen the show, but then I think Jesus did say, Judge stuff you haven't seen, didn't he? I think that was one of his main things. He said, (laughs) Didn't he say, if you suspect someone might have sinned, do chuck a stone at them anyway, just to be sure? No, I did. The tour was in Scotland this week, where audience numbers were low for some reason. I mean, what have I done to upset the Scotch? Oh yeah! I, while I was up there, actually, I did steal the stun of skin. I stole it back. The skin of skin. The skin of skin. I've got it. The stun of skin. The stun of skin. I got it back. I put it, um, like Edward the uh, Edward Longshanks. I put it under my high-backed armchair to. Uh, it replaced the semicircular toilet mat. Uh, it's very absorbent, actually. The stun of skin. I uh, I had some um surprisingly, it me. It's something more absorbent than. Volcanic Rock or something. I don't know what it is. Anyway, uh, I had some fun with the protesters in Scotland. I chatted some protesters in Glasgow. Have you seen the show, actually?
2: I don't have to see the show to know that it's wrong.
0: I think it might make people a bit more
2: respectful of you if you had, though. Let me put it like this. Do you think child abuse is wrong? Yes, I do, yeah. Have you ever seen a child being abused? No, I haven't. So you haven't seen it but you still
0: know it's wrong. Mm, damn, I'd fallen into his brilliant trap there. There was no way to argue against such sound logic except perhaps to say, well, that isn't really the same thing at all in any way. And I think I'd have had some good evidence that someone had abused a child before I accused him of doing it. That's a problem there.
2: You wouldn't have to see it to know it's wrong. Your show is wrong. There really
0: is no arguing with these people because they completely believe they're correct. In Inverness, someone graffitied the front door of the theatre with the words... Blasphemy is no laughing matter. Shame on (laughs) you. Which, ironically, is quite funny, so it made me laugh, but would Jesus approve of that? I mean, is, is this Christians responding in a Christian way? I mean, he did have a temper on him, he did vandalise it, he threw over those temp- tables in the temple, didn't he? But he was a carpenter, he would have just fixed them straight up afterwards, he would have made them better, probably. Uh, last night, I was at the Warwick Arts Centre, and a rather drunk man clutching a Bible started heckling me. You would not go to the Falls Road in Belfast and say all this stuff and he was right, I wouldn't do that um, it would seem inappropriate I, I hadn't been booked to do a show in the Falls Road in Belfast there's no venue there as far as I know it would seem needlessly confrontational to just go and do my show Chrysler bike in the street in the Falls Road of all places but this man actually threatened to physically attack me, which uh, again, seemed a slight misunderstanding from my perspective of the teachings of Jesus, I told him to come and hit me because you get this kind of feeling of power on a stage where you're not scared of anything, I even offered to turn all four cheeks to him uh, but uh, he was too scared he left and as he left he generally told one of the ushers tell him if he wants that fight I live in Coventry and he knows where to find me that isn't really specific and I don't I, I don't know from that how to locate him although if I just went to Coventry and said can you direct me to the biggest cunt in town then that I might find him pretty quickly you know
2: Super injunctions revealed.
1: It's me, we Jimmy Cracky, Fun and I have a super injunction out to hide my terrible secret. Ever since the 1970s, I've been sexing up with my brother in He's been bumming me good. Funda Although, for the past 10 years, he stopped because he says I can't turn him on because I've got a face like a wrinkled old man's scrotum. Oh, I wish it bugged me again.
0: That was, that was written quite close to the recording of the show. That was one of the last things got written for the show. Exciting news! Uh, for the first show of the series, we've got a very exciting first guest that you'll be great to see. The real star of this month's royal wedding was, of course, the gorgeous Pippa Middleton. Uh, there's not a man in this country who, if Pippa Middleton said she'd be his, wouldn't immediately murder his wife or girlfriend or boyfriend if he was gay so he could be with her and gaze at her ass whenever he so pleased. You, you could see even Prince William was slightly regretting he hadn't seen Pippa first, couldn't he? He was thinking of a way to get rid of Kate so he could give Pippa a crack. Um... Check your history books, Will. Your ancestor, Henry VIII, had some good ideas on that one. But it's, uh, it's something of a coup for A.I. Ottima. As we've got the interview that all the others wanted, please give it up for Pippa Middleton's arse.
1: Hello, Richard. It's lovely to be here.
0: Hello, very good to have you here, Pippa Middleton's arse. Though... I'd say you don't look quite like how I remember you in the royal wedding photos in that tight, white swimming suit in the news of the world and when I peeked at you through Pippa Middleton's open bathroom window under the cloak of night.
1: Mm, uh, Sorry, Rich, I I think there may have been some confusion. You didn't book Pippa Middleton's arse for this interview. I'm Pippa Middleton's anus.
0: Oh, when I rang the agent, I assumed we were getting the whole ass, not just the mm. anal opening. Well,
1: yes, this happens a lot. People think they've booked the disembodied ass of Pippa Middleton when they have, in fact, just booked the disembodied arsehole. Right. They're so excited about the bit that I, I don't think they hear the word hole. I, I hope you're not disappointed.
0: To, to be frank, Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus, I... <laughs> I am a bit disappointed by that. I was, I was hoping to have a nice chat with Pippa Middleton's ass and a bit of a gawp at it and maybe copper feel of Pippa's voluptuous buttocks, but all we've got now in the theatre is her chocolate starfish, her, her rusty sheriff's splash, if you will. And I have to ask you, what kind of society would condone an obsession with a tiny, slightly hairy, and possibly a little bit dirty aperture? However tight and alluring it might be. It would be crude and disrespectful for me to converse with the bunghole of such a sweet and innocent girl.
1: Uh, hold on. Why is it okay to be fascinated by a woman's buttocks? Publish photos of them and talk endlessly about them, but not her anus. I'm still part of Pippa's ass, A crucial
0: part. You are talking out of your ass now.
1: Well, I have little option. Look,
0: look when middle aged men endlessly discuss the buttocks of a girl in her early 20s mm. and print pictures of it from every conceivable angle and imagine fondling it and biting into it and mm. secretly think about what it'd be like to enter it from behind and feel it slapping against their sagging beer belly <laughs> like that could ever happen. That is a beautiful and innocent thing, one of the most beautiful things on this planet. I would remind you, Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus. Yes that Pippa Middleton is the sister of the future queen of this country I don't want to see her ring piece paraded around in public let alone hear it speak and have to listen to its awful anus opinions though if you've got any pictures of her tits I'll have a look at those leave, go Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus don't come back Unless the rest of Pippa's lovely ass is attached to you and hiding you in between him, you with a shameful secret.
1: I am not an animal. I'm a human being's asshole. A beautiful asshole. I am an asshole. Hear me roar
0: That is just, that's what I don't want to
3: do. As it occurs to me, Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus. You don't get that on News Quiz.
0: <laughs> Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus there. It's kind of satire, yeah? <laughs> of old Pippa Middleton's arse thing going on. I'm hoping to make Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus into a new regular character. I think that... <laughs> I'm kind of thinking it might be one of the things that sees me break into the mainstream. Kind yeah. of a bit like my, my you, yeah but no but yeah but. It could be my, could it? That could be on T-shirts and stuff, couldn't it? Pippa Middleton's anus. Yeah, do you, do, you think Carl, Zanus. do you think Carl Paisley might have a point about
1: you not being out of
0: puberty? I don't think so, no. no. And uh, Alan Corrin's point about you being inadequate? No, I am very mature and I am adequate. I am, that's what everyone says about me. They all say I am adequate, so they're very wrong about that. Yeah.
3: It occurs to me. Chortle call. They want their award back. Give it a back, give it a back, give it a back now. Give it a back, give it a back, give it a back now.
2: <laughs> Super injunction revealed.
1: Who? It's me, Subo. I am not mental. <laughs> Super injunction to prevent the world from knowing. They say, We're American, a pubic wig. My cluck the adictic is as bald as a coot. Can you tell anyone? If everyone knows my pootsey is as bald as a baby's bellend, I'd never sell another record.
4: I dreamed a dream. Shh, shh.
0: Skip a bit, you were right, it was my fault, Christian. So, well done for carrying on. Uh, let's go down into audience. Uh, we'll, we'll edit that out, no one will know what happened. And I'll, I'm going to edit it so you've made a mistake and look like an idiot. Uh, let's go down into the audience to see what it's because I crossed it out, so you're going to move it. Where? Well, let's see what's occurred to people in our audience this week. Has anyone got anything remembering what I said? Do you remember what I said before? <laughs> this young man here, what's uh, what oh, occurred to me this week? Yes, what occurred to you this week? A severely demented old lady who was sexually disinhibited. Yes. Uh, threw herself at me, uh, saying, "I look just like Prince William." <laughs> <laughs> you really need to see him. Uh, to, uh, I mean, Prince William is going a little bit bald, but I think that is. Um, nice. To, did you go for it? Okay. Yeah, of course. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> good. Uh, no, that was a good example of someone a bit mental. To be fair. But, um, uh, anyone else? Hello. Two people. i go for the. the, the I think it's a uh, gentleman here on the with the beard. You loudly expressed your irritation in a quiet zone on a train this afternoon. I hope there's more to this story, but if there isn't, it's still good. Well, I was feeling a bit hassled anyway. Yeah, you're feeling hassled. We were going through we stopped at one station. We stopped at a station that annoys me when that happens. To <laughs> Especially when we're in the quiet zone. <laughs> Five people had their phones on. It's a quiet zone, right? Yeah. The 6 one, really 1 ran really loudly. The 6 1 really loudly what's the he said what's the point of having a quiet zone if people are gonna So he said not unreasonably did they go shh (laughs) shut up (laughs) one person did do that Yeah, quite angry about the quiet zone abuse of the quiet zone (laughs) yeah did you try out this story on the person next to you like I advised you in the no he has got a pretty big knife no too soon it's too soon for that I'm not going to ask you now because of that because you now no you're now you're a liability now we don't know what that was a little secret for us when we weren't talking to the people at home uh, anyone else got one hello hello sir Yes? Uh,
4: yes. Uh, yesterday I saw the uh, Go Compare opera
0: singer sing uh, Ness and Dorma. You saw the Go Compare opera singer, Gio Campario. I'll give him his name. Quinn, some thinks his real name, but don't let's call him that. That spoils the magical illusion. For You saw him singing Ness and Dorma live, yeah. or just in his bath or something? Wembley Arena. Uh, Wembley Arena. Oh, fucking hell, that pisses me off. 25 years in show business. I'm playing the shitty Leicester Square Theatre where they don't even have any air conditioning until the second half of the show. <laughs> Gio Campario goes in an advert. Wembley was he good? Yeah. Yeah, it was good, he was good, yeah. That's good. He deserves it. <laughs> Who would you say was better? Me or Gio Campario?
4: I haven't
0: heard you sing Nissan You haven't seen Arco okay, uh, Nissen Doma. And this is my. Sangen, that's in the morning, I saw the Vogel ist in meinen Herzen. Slightly lost the high-vote, so that's stupid. Dick's a there. The rose, the lily, the table, the sun. I'm a ich bit of a ich bit of Ich little bit of a little die a die bit so, <laughs> Grade six singing. 100 it got a merit. 122. Take that, Geo Campari. He was still better. Still, he was still better. Yeah. Well, I fucking would hope he was better. Did he have his funny moustache on? No. No. Useless. <laughs> anyway, has anything else occurred? to Is that the best we've got, John? How are you? I'm very well. Please. Yeah. What's occurred to you, John? I Center. You went to the Warwick Arts Centre last night, where I was. About Twenty-five minutes in, I started heckling you. <laughs> Since we announced Christ, have you? The to Good yeah. ray, amateur! Hooray! He's renowned. He was. He's pretending John to be the heckler there. He wasn't. The heckler was a lot more scary than John. I know John's name. John's quite scary. He comes to a lot of so many gigs that I know his name. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> anyway, we'll go for one more and then we're going to move. We've got well, uh, No, I'll go for the lovely lady, not the, the, the red. It's like question time. Um, so last night I went to see
4: Uncaged Monkeys.
0: So last night I went to see Uncaged Monkeys, which is a show with Robin Ince and uh, the sexy Brian Cox, who my dad are quite fancies, I think. My dad's quite obsessed right? And tonight I've come to see
4: you,
0: having so the seen eight of my favourite podcasters in 24 hours. Wow, Ooh. suck up. Uh, she went to see them last night she's seen eight of her favourite podcasters in, two, in 24 hours that's love uh, what a beautiful thing did you manage to have sex with any of the uh, other people in the yeah. Uncaged Monkeys see you you're seeing me yeah, I'm not talking about you, you I'm a given oh actually no, I um, think my um, I was going to see if you've done all four of them you know you could move on to the four of us you game Ben you're only a you Ben doesn't really count though does he because he's not re- with his Dan Tetzel fair enough then you go yeah I'm enjoying this aside I'm not and then I'm coming aside. <laughs> I'm not coming. It would be brilliant. No, of course, it, you, you have a higher moral status. Anyway, I, I, the thing that occurred to me is, I was um, I'm researching my, st- my show, What Is Love Anyway, and uh, I bought two books uh, from Amazon about love, about the psychology of love. And then, because you do that, then you get a load of suggested titles, as you know, in Amazon, that comes up. And there was seven in a row, all about love, and then there was one at the end, which was an introduction to baby massage. (laughs) Which I'd never heard of such a thing. And I don't know what connection that had with me researching love. I don't know what they were saying about me, that there was an introduction to baby massage. It was the stand-up book of baby massage. I couldn't understand the, what was meant to be standing up in that in that particular thing. And then I clicked on it, because I was fascinated by what this book might be. And then, the next time I looked at Amazon, I had eight books about baby massage. And so if the police ever look at my Amazon page, they're going to find at the top eight books about... How are there eight books about baby massage? Who's it going? Around massaging babies, that there even needs to be one book about baby mass. Don't mas- massage babies, you perverts. Even if it's your own baby, they're babies, leave them alone. Now people are gonna look at my computer see baby massage. Think I like massaging babies. I don't. I was interested in love. And then if I say that, now they're gonna go, well then why did that come up? Eight books about baby massage. I hate babies, a sex grunt. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll just move on to... Uh, now it's time for a new feature for the show called The Moral Maze. It's a moral maze, it's a
3: moral
2: maze, it's a moral, it's a moral maze, it's a moral maze, it's a moral...
0: Morals get
3: hazy, our scruples get lazy, our conscience goes crazy, I like chicken, Chow crazy, we get trapped in the maze.
2: It's a moral maze, it's a moral maze, it's a moral,
0: it's a moral
3: maze, it's a moral maze, moral...
0: Good feature. Mainly done the feature for the song. I have to say, the song is better than the feature. So, uh, in this feature, I will reveal some moral quandary that I've been put through this week, and then our audience in the theatre will decide if I've acted morally or immorally. Uh, This week, the subject of the moral maze is floor quavers. It's a moral maze. It's a moral maze. (laughs) I was travelling back from Dundee on Wednesday. I was in first class because uh, I'd got some work to do, and uh, it was only £30 more to go in first class. I thought they'd be easier to work there, but I also thought I could make up that £30 if I could drink enough free coffee and orange juice and eat enough biscuits to £30 worth. (laughs) that I could justify the expense. My plan was slightly thrown out of whack when I had to pay an extra £8 for a small bowl of pasta. But I don't blame the lady on the trolley. She was just selling it. She was doing her job. I gave her a tip of a pound, which she seemed surprised about. I don't think anyone tips these people. So that was... I'd done something good. Anyway, later in the trip, I was heading to the toilet just for my own business. (laughs) Not important. Uh, The trolley had just passed by and as I was going to the toilet, I noticed that a bag of quavers and were on the floor, a big bag, like a grab bag of quavers. I surmised the only real way, probably, that those quavers could be there, they'd just literally fallen off. They were in the like, little passage between the two carriages. They'd fallen off the trolley, and the lady on the trolley hadn't spotted they'd fallen out. Right? And I had to decide in an instant, should I be honest to the lady, she'd dropped her quavers on the floor, or should I pick up the big bag of quavers and keep it for myself? To be honest, I didn't really even want the quavers, because I'd eaten a lot of pasta, I was quite full up. I'm trying to diet. I don't really like quavers. But free food is free food. And I was trying to get my money's worth from being in first class, and I reckon those quavers probably would cost £2. So that takes a lot, offsets a lot of the £8 pasta ripoff. off and, uh, and I... So I took the quavers, I did take them, and uh, I got to my seat, and then I ate them really quickly... Like turning to one side, like, like that. Can I ask Yeah.
1: When, when you, can you just show me the face that you were making when you were eating? Were you, were you like, looking up and down the... Yeah.
0: Looking behind like, me to like check the... Like yeah, a meerkat. Like a yeah. To check the lady on the trolley wasn't coming back. and went, hey, we've lost some quavers. I wonder where the quavers are. Where, where, where the how quavers do you know they to, fell
1: off the trolley? They well, I'm, I'm just guessing. Quavers. I made a guess.
0: They might not have, but they might have. Been. We'll get on to that later. So I ate them really quickly, and then I ate them much more quickly than I could possibly enjoy them. And then I hid the packet from the quavers down the side of my seat where no one could find it. <laughs> Technically and actually, I had stolen those quavers, but like, I don't know if I'd really done wrong. The train was charging a lot more money than it needed to. Uh, you know, they'll train the Eastern Rail, whatever it is, they're not going to miss those quavers, well, are they? So it's uh, a victory for the little man, is the way oh, I see it. Well,
1: you're not, you know, you're not clear on where these quavers have come from. I, I, I put it to you yeah. that maybe there was an orphan on that train. <laughs> and who's let's say for the sake of argument it, that that orphans parents have just been killed in a car crash yeah. and the last thing that that orphans mother gave him was a packet of quavers it was that packet of quavers why did he drop
0: them on the floor they well, should hold on to them and he's, they're he's, precious quavers he's,
1: richard he's distraught his parents have just that's all died that's all in a car crash parents.
0: i don't think that's as likely as um, them just falling off the trolley just, but, can or they could, could have been should... wild quavers well that's it yeah, it could be could wild quavers. Larger. in which case they belong to whoever i think by the yeah, law whoever of, finds them whoever yeah. finds finders keepers yeah. losers weepers can, and, uh, can i ask a technical question yeah
1: where, where did you get the idea for this bit in the show what, the, the, moral moral maze. 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 Yeah. the moral
0: maze moral maze it's an idea i've had is it for a long time yeah the moral maze is it maze. right
1: you, you didn't get the it moral from maze. you didn't get it from a book called I left my tent in San Francisco. Yeah. Don't
0: know that book. Right. Don't know. Right. Just checking. No, I don't know yeah. that book. So oh, I think there's a radio show called The Moral Maze. I've got it from that. It from right.
1: That. So when you said to me earlier, yeah. oh, by the way, Emma, I've stolen a thing from your book.
0: Yeah.
1: No. No. Okay.
0: Right. That's That's just that's checking. an issue for a different Moral Maze. <laughs> Today's Moral Maze is, is about floor quavers, and you can see the audience here are wrapped. And I imagine the people. Are... <laughs> Whether a man, I earn, you know, a lot. I earn a decent wage, being this. Unbelievably, I earn quite a lot of money as a stand-up comedian. I'm comfortably off. I've got no family or kids to look after. Do I need to steal a two-pound bag of quavers? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, we'll, we'll see, we'll see. We don't, get, don't judge yet. And uh, the question is, will that money from those quavers come out of... the? Will the woman who uh, ran the trolley have to pay. Well, that means she might get sacked for losing some quavers, or she may have to pay for the quavers out of her own money. But remember, I did give her an extra pound.
4: <laughs>
0: so, yeah. So it's hard. Pardon? They cost two well, I don't, I'm guessing they cost two pounds, because that's the kind of exorbitant price that is charged by Eastern Rail, whatever it's called. Uh, but they, they've got a value. It depends whether she has to pay for the value of the quavers or the market price. So we, don't know what, we don't know what they will do. Um, but I'm prepared... So with the audience vote, you've had all the facts about this. Remember, I'm a very rich man who doesn't like quavers. Who still ate the quavers so fast I couldn't enjoy them. Possibly uh, leading to a woman losing her job. But I did give the woman a pound. A whole pound. Which she could have used to compensate. Uh, If you decide in the moral maze that I did wrong there, I have agreed to send a cheque for £5... to East Coast Rail, that's what they're called. If I'm innocent, by the judging the people here, power—and don't let this power go to your heads. I don't want you to do this to punish me for whatever reason. Decide what is fair. Don't, don't let into... It doesn't matter who I am or what you think about me. You have to decide what is moral and what is immoral. I can walk away with the quaver crumbs still in my turnips and my trousers. My smiling face. There is no higher court in the land than this. So, who here... Believes that I acted wrongly to take those quavers. Put your hand up now if that's you. If <laughs> <laughs> Ben Moore has put his hand up, it's it's who believes I've acted correctly by taking the oh, expensive quaver oh, i I've, I've acted. I think, yeah, I've acted off. correctly. That yeah. is definitely. That is definitely it was close, but it's a definite win. I've acted correctly, I've I've done I've done right. It's a moral maze, it's a moral, it's a moral maze, it's a moral, it's a moral maze, it's a moral maze, it's a moral What you did was right! <laughs> there we go, that's the moral new feature, the moral maze. You don't like it this week, but in two weeks' time you're gonna come back and do oh, you gonna do the moral maze again? That's my favorite bit. Oh, it's a moral maze, eh? Right? You fucking idiot.
2: Super injunction revealed. Hello. I am perverted and anal-dildo-inserting actor Dan Tetzel. And I have taken out a super injunction to prevent people from revealing that when I say aside, I then say the opposite of what I have just said. Aside, I haven't taken out that super injunction at all now ram the dildo in hard oh yeah mm. yeah that's what I like Ah mm. oh, hey, yeah thank you
0: <laughs> that was written three minutes before the show began so uh, now it is time to go over to our singing superstar Christian Riley to find out his topical song from this week uh, this week I wanted to throw my weight behind Lambert Opik's bid for London Mayor and uh,
3: I hope they adopt this <laughs> I want to ride you like a fully charged Segway I want to mount you like a mayoral campaign Let's make a coalition with our ideologies You're conservative with kisses and I'm liberal with my cheers. Oh, whoa, whoa, oh, whoa, whoa I'll get you hard, show you what I got You love my, you love my, you ladies love my wonky face Uh, (laughs) You did it, paragliding Ladies love my wonky face did it. My, my, my wonky face, my, my wonky face My, my, my wonky face, my, my wonky face I want to hold you like a national debate AV stands for something else when you say yes to me 50 cent, 50 percent all cheeky just can't be wrong, and baby, like the tube. I plan to do you all night long. Oh, whoa, oh, whoa, oh, 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 oh. I'll get you hard, show you what I got. They love mine, they love mine. The ladies love my wonky face. Sit on mine, sit on mine. See it on my wonky face. One side of it's asymmetric. My 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 wonky face. My my wonky face. My 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 wonky face. My wonky face. My 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 wonky face. My my wonky face. no vibrator. Christian Riley there,
0: Christian Riley. Mocking a man disfigured in an accident. Ruining the good work I did by mentioning the hardest hit protests at the beginning. That's uh, nearly the end of the show. Uh, we're here at Leicester Square Theatre for the next five Mondays. It would be terrific if you could make it down and support the show. Uh, I'm back here on Wednesday the 18th of May to record my Christ on a Bike DVD. Uh, which I think that one sold out, but there's also a live podcast with that fucking idiot Andrew Collins, the full size one. There's a few tickets available for that. Go to the Leicester Square Theatre website to buy any of those tickets. I'm in Folkestone doing the last ever Christ on a Bike show on Saturday. If you'd like to get your name in my next show programme and donate some money to scope, please visit www.justgiving.com slash what is love, just donate £12.50 and you can arrogantly get your name in the programme and get a free signed programme and give some money to a good cause. I'm appearing in the first episode of Flatshare Slamdown, a new podcast by the very funny, it says here, Pappy's Sketch Troop on the 31st of May at the Phoenix in London that my producer Ben, he's branching off, he's doing other podcasts as well as this one, he's kind of just used me um, to get other work. But uh, Google that if you uh, if you want to come and see it. Uh, and uh, but before, I'm in it; it'll be good. Uh, but before we go, it would seem a shame, don't you think, given we've got the old Oxford Review team here together? Not to give you a little taste of that infamous, very successful 1988 review, <coughs> waving at the pictures. It's not really in the spirit of the show to do old material, but you know we've given you a, a full show. But who, would anyone like would anyone like to judge for themselves and not what Keith Allen and Alan Collin might have said and see whether it's a good show Would you like to hear one of this one of the sketches? Yeah. It's uh, actually accidentally quite topical because something similar happened to this uh, scenario. It involves an interloper in a suicide attempt and that actually happened in the news. Almost exactly what happens in this sketch did happen in the news this week. It's the first sketch from the Oxford Review 1988, the one that Keith Allen actually saw and sabotaged. Uh, It involves uh, Ben Moore playing a character on a ledge very high up. Uh, We've recreated that for you. uh, And uh, Emma, you will play Sharon as you did before. Ben, you're reprising the role of Tom. I will be Harry uh, Arnail. Very funny character that's not at all like anything from Monty Python. <laughs> and um, Christian, uh, you can pretend for a second that you went to Oxford University like the rest of us. And uh, I'll let you play Doreen. Uh, this is the sketch we did, I haven't changed it. It's word for word, for better, for worse. Were Keith Allen and Alan Corrin correct in their assessment? If I could turn back time, thanks to the magic of AI Optima, we can.
3: If I could turn back time, what would I do differently? A 23-year-old sketch word for word and not would edit out the shit bits. If I could turn back time. My <laughs> god, there's a man on the ledge. Sharon, talk to him. Me? I'll call the
0: police. Well, that's Christian's part there, that's over there. It's very well written the sketch. Good character. Doreen, that character was called. What are you doing
1: there? Shut up or I'll jump! Well, what with that sort Come back in and we can talk about it.
2: Okay.
0: Well, uh, come on, that's it. it. Yeah. Come on, come in. Yeah. What's going on here then? Cor, cool. bloody hell! Watch out! Some nut is going to top himself. <laughs> Leave this to me, darling. This is a man's work. Bloody women, eh, mate? <laughs> Cor, cool. oh look out! You can see for miles from out here, can't you? Look at those tiny people. Look, look down. Lean over down there. Whoa! <laughs> Only kidding, mate. I, I you all the time, don't worry. Yeah. What's all this innade of him, mate? Well, I've had enough. I'm going to end it all. Oh yeah, that's good. Uh, I'm surprised at your choice of clothes, though. <laughs> what do you mean? This is my best shirt. That's what I mean. You'll mess it up, won't you, you stupid twat? Uh, I don't know why you bother. <laughs> anyway, I'd have thought you'd have worn a jumper. <laughs> get it? A jumper, get it? Oh, dear. Can you be a bit more sensitive? This man's on a knife edge. Right? All right, it was just a bloody joke. I'm trying to cheer him up a bit. Make him see the funny side. <laughs> Leave me alone. It's all, right. it's all right, it's all right. Tell me what's wrong. Oh, all right. My
2: wife's just died. She went mad and died. Oh dear, that's terrible. What did you do to her? Nothing. <laughs> you see, she, brought, she bought a Kentucky Fried Chicken and started to eat it in a dark car. She munched away quite happily, but about halfway through she sensed something strange. She turned on the light and saw that she was eating a rat that must have fallen into the frying vat. The thought was
0: so terrible that she went insane and threw herself under a train. Oh, so that was your wife. <laughs> Never mind, no, look on the bright side. You're free to play the field a bit now. Get your leg over, sow your oats. But I loved her. What are you doing? Don't jump. Then let me go. No, I need to talk to you. I know how terrible the world is. I know how you feel. You do? Yeah. You know what I blame for the world today? Television. <laughs> Television. Yeah, you know, do you think about it, before TV came along, Britain was a much safer place. There's statistical proof. In Britain last year, around 250,000 people were murdered by shotguns. But back in Anglo-Saxon times, there was no television, was there? Not one shotgun killing. <laughs> TV's to blame, statistics don't lie. Yeah, but, yeah. No, ask me, I remember what it was like before TV, you know? Every day was sunny and warm, everyone had money trees and beer coming out of the taps. I remember when I was about 20, I had a wonderful sex life. Not now, TV's fault. Right, that's it, I'm, I'm gonna jump. No, no you can't do that what now well that's exactly what half the people in the audience will be predicting that I'll be so annoying that you'll jump to get away from me and I'll, I'll say something hilarious like what did I say oh yeah okay well you jump then uh, no no that's, that's no good either because the other half will have predicted that you'll convince me the world is so bad that I'll jump as- instead so uh, what about Sharon uh,
1: no I'm expecting a phone call <laughs>
0: no no one will jump because that's the last thing anyone expects. expect yes yes I see
2: It'll be a bit anticlimactic, though. Yeah, you're right. Off you go,
0: then. Oh, what did I say? <laughs> That's the uh, sketch there from the Oxford Review, um... Oxford 1980. That was the opening... opening sketch of the, the successful 1988... It's no, uh, Pippa Middleton's anus, is it? It's not, uh, when you... Ben, are you Benny. right? What's, ben, you're... Um, didn't you see, Rich? Mad actor Keith Allen crept
1: into the theatre and moved the crash mats again. Ben's dead.
2: Finally, I killed Ben Moore. Ha, 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 ha. Your show is still shit, you posh
0: Oxbridge twats.
1: Actually... Actually, Keith Allen, we all went to state school and just did really well at our A-levels.
0: Yeah, that's right, sir. Don't mock us. I yeah. hate you, mad actor Keith Allen, with your pathetic attempts to appear rebellious and cool when you're just a massive, jizzling prick <laughs> who somehow still makes really attractive women want to get off with you. Yeah, your show is still shit. You didn't just even like see it. Just like it was back then. You didn't even see it. Well,
2: I didn't need to see it to know that. While you were prattling on, I got off with Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus.
1: Yes, yes, he did. He got me good and proper. I love a bit of love.
2: Got a bit of sweet corn
0: from the Royal Banquet stuck in my foreskin now. You, Keith Allen, you are disgusting. I'll have my revenge upon thee. You've wrecked Pippa Middleton's anus for me now. That was... That was going to be a very lucrative character. That was going to be my yeah but no but, that was.
2: Well, that's not all I've done. I've been following you around the country, scrawling graffiti on walls and using my acting skills to disrupt your shows. Listen. Have you ever seen someone abuse a child? Well,
0: that was you acting amazing.
2: I'd love to see you do this show on The Falls Road. Well, it was you too last night amazing. Yes, I'm a brilliant actor. You know when you went out with Julia Sawala? No way that was you as well. (laughs) Yep.
0: Seriously, I went out with her for 18 months.
2: Yes, I hated you that much.
0: But Keith Allen the things I made you do,
2: it was worth it. Just to get one up on you, I see and him. I will continue to destroy your career and life as long as I do live. Oh, brilliant, Keith. Can I
0: come and live with you?
2: No, fuck off, you slag. I had you. Time to move on.
0: No, I still love him. Why? What's wrong with you, Pippa Middleton's disembodied anus? He was the first man to see
1: me for what I am. An anus. Not just part of a beautiful ass. An anus in my own head.
0: And like a rat, Keith Allen has disappeared into the sewers. Maybe we will see him again sometime.
1: <laughs> Perhaps I'm, I'm sort of guessing that the characterisation might be a bit different in the future. Mm.
0: Yes, he may regenerate really while see. he's down there. It's, um, in hindsight, I haven't been forced to do that sketch again, the suicide sketch. I, I've learned a lesson. I think the, the late... Alan Corran was entirely correct, and his son Giles Corran, whatever age he was, they were right not to like that review. Yeah, it was shit. I'm and at least, apologized. I'm glad he's, you know, yeah. a, I have a lot of respect for him. At least we learned from doing that. Uh, the, the, we were useless in the past, so the deaths of Ben Moore and possibly Dan Tetzel were not in vain. Uh, well, anyway, we'll, uh, we'll be back soon with more Pippa Middleton's anus sword with the semen of Keith Allen shenanigans. <laughs> Hope you've enjoyed it. Goodbye. Cheers. As the person, the have been started with Japan. It was performed by Ben Moore and me, TV's Kennedy, Fish
1: and Christian Marley did all the musical bits and was produced by Ben Walker. With thanks to Danny Cornwell, Matt Ricardo and Everard, the Lesley Square Theatre. A special thanks to Orange Mark at the British Comedy Guide. This is an Avalon, Sky Potato, first production. <laughs>